0: This episode of the 501st cast is dedicated to three of our members. Colby Alexander Ramirez, SL4324, from Star Garrison, who passed away on May 3rd. Rick Massa, BH 2160 from Northeast Remnant Garrison, who passed away on July 14th. And Lauren Rose McCoy, SL3106, from Dune Sea Garrison, who passed away on July 19th we reverently induct them into our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires.
1: We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network.
2: You are listening to the
1: 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade
2: of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and
1: contributing to the
2: community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that.
3: Welcome back to the 501st cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 97 for August 2016. I know we skipped kind of right over July. Sorry about that. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397.
0: I'm Joe, SL12743.
2: And I'm Marcus, TK14057.
3: So, the 501st Legion is currently at 9,861 members with 17,288 approved costumes in the Legion. This episode we will talk about the back to back mega cons of Star Wars Celebration Europe and San Diego Comic Con, learn that visiting hospitalized adults is important too, and finally get to hear about Joe's Hillside Troop that he's been teasing us with all year long. So, stay tuned.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Recent news. As listeners may remember, we participated in an online Force for Change fundraiser back in April 2016 to support Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Due to our amazing efforts in support of this, LFL awarded the 501st Legion some once-in-a-lifetime prizes. The grand prize, which had to be awarded to a member from the United States due to legal rules, was an all-expense paid trip to Celebration Europe and the opportunity to spend a few hours with Mark Hamill. And, if that was not enough, Legion Command arranged for the winner to receive two tickets to the most amazing Celebration Europe bash. To choose a winner, the Legion commander sent out an urgent bulletin to all garrison and outpost commanders asking them to nominate a member who has done fabulously unselfish things in the name of the 501st Legion. There was a fantastic response of heartwarming stories of members who do amazing things and spread love to the world through Star Wars. These nominated members' names were put into a box and drawn at random. The winner was Joseph Perez, TK1982, and his wife, Anita Perez, DZ91664, of Duback Ridge Garrison, New Mexico. Here was the nomination that GCO Sean East, TX5525, wrote. I first met Joseph while standing in line for the Attack of the Clones premiere back in 2002. Joseph had brought donuts and passed the box down the line to complete strangers until they were all gone. This first impression was a perfect indicator of how generous Joseph is. Joe, great name by the way, has been a member of the 501st for over a decade and has been instrumental in helping other members and potential members with costume builds, painting, advice, and repairs, including me. Uh, Not me, but Sean. He is also an electrician and assists with helmet fans and various light wiring. If he has an extra part laying around, he'll gladly give it to a fellow member just to help them out. When it comes to attending an event out of town, Joseph and his wife, Anita, who is also a 501st member, Always offered a carpool other troopers. They have driven troopers who otherwise would not have been able to attend troops to events in Colorado, Arizona, and Texas, just to name a few. Joseph has also donated countless items from his personal Star Wars collection to our droid hunt raffles to serve as prizes. He has provided snacks and water on troops. When we are short a handler for an event, he will give up the opportunity to troop just to ensure that other troopers are taken care of. This is just what he has done for fellow Legion members. Joseph has trooped hundreds of events during his tenure with the 501st, dedicating countless hours towards spreading his love of Star Wars to others. He has helped organize and take part in events such as Toys for Tots, Make-A-Wish, and visits to our local children's hospital. A story that really stands out involves a family we befriended a few years ago. They had a nine-year-old son, Arthur Cordova, who was a double lung transplant recipient and diagnosed with leukemia when he was one. He was a huge Star Wars fan, and Joseph bought him a kid's Darth Vader costume so that he could wear it with us while we marched into the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta and hang out with the Darth Vader Hot Air Balloon. It made Arthur's day. Sadly, Arthur passed away the following year due to complications, but his family told us how much that day meant to all of them, as he could not stop talking about it. It was the generosity of Joseph that helped make this happen. Joseph has represented the Dewback Ridge Garrison and the 501st Legion proudly over the years, and is widely looked up to by our members. He sets the standard when it comes to putting others first before him, and is one of the most kindest and genuine people I know. It was such an amazing trip for Joseph and Anita. Joseph published some log entries chronicling his journey, and uh, here was one from the morning of July 15th. TA 1982 reporting in, Today is Anita and my wedding anniversary, 27 years. Today I met with my childhood hero. Today is the first time I have been in the UK. So many emotions we are experiencing. I have met so many amazing brothers and sisters in the 501st Legion today, telling us how happy they are for us. It's simply wonderful. wonderful. We are making so many new friendships. It makes us so happy to be part of a great organization like the 501st Legion. Spent some time with Mark Hamill, my childhood hero. We talked about Star Wars A New Hope, the actors on set, the camaraderie shared, the practical jokes they played on each other, and George Lucas. It was amazing to hear him tell all those stories. More to come. Owen oh, Warwick Davis came by, too. So awesome. We're also happy for Joseph and Anita and the amazing once-in-a-lifetime trip they were able to take
3: yeah that had to be like overwhelming almost for them <laughs> to have all these new things happen to them in
0: such a short time period. Marcus, you were there at uh, celebration Europe. if I'm not mistaken, did you come across Joseph and Anita or any notables from the Legion?
2: Uh, I have not come across those two uh, I met a lot of uh people I've met in Anaheim for the first time um, a lot of new folks from Europe, long time you know social media friends, but never really talked to them live or met them or but it was it was quite it was quite a quite a journey on august 6th legendary ilm special effects artist ira keeler was inducted into the First legion as an honor member by the golden gate garrison ira keeler is most famous in the star wars community for his work on building the prototype helmet of the biker scout during his 20 years at ilm ira worked on four star wars films plus indiana jones jurassic park Back to the Future, and many others. Ira was so wonderful in sharing his stories with our members. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes and to a video where Ira talks about the creation of the distinctive Scout Blaster and Ankle Holster, shows one of the original movie props, and tells a very funny story about George Lucas. The best part is that his audience for this story is a gaggle of biker scouts. They all have their buckets on, but you can just tell that they're smiling ear to ear listening to him speak.
3: Yeah, I must admit, I had actually not heard of Ira Keeler before Same this yeah. induction, so it was pretty cool to know that there is actually a, you know, a person that you can point to as far as um, being the originator of the biker scout helmet. So yeah, definitely listen to that uh, video if you get a chance. I think there was there was one where he talks about the um, the holster, and then I think there's some other videos that Golden Gate Garrison got as well. So we'll put those links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So, the 501st Legion participated in the greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen once again this year, as we have the past few years. I usually call it Gishwez. I don't know exactly if there's a proper pronunciation for the abbreviation, but that's how I say it. And this time we were task number 76. I was kind of annoyed. I wish we were 77. I thought that would have been more fitting. (laughs) But anyways, nobody ever talks about the fact that 250 years ago, stormtroopers had been abandoned on planet Earth and were forced to assimilate into pre-industrial culture. Gishwish hunters had to dramatically reenact this difficult time by showing a stormtrooper getting back to basics using a spinning wheel or a butter churn or some other old-fashioned tool or machine in a rural setting. They were uh, told that they could add accessories to the stormtrooper's outfit to make their assimilation look more complete, like a shaker-style hat or a musket slung over the shoulder. So that was the task that the hunters got on, um, I believe it was Sunday, was the start of the hunt. And they had seven days to go through all of the tasks that were on the list. We had more than 185 teams ask for our help, but sadly, we're only able to provide photos for about 20 of them, which was unfortunately far less than what we managed last year. I think we helped like 80 teams last year. But this year's photo was quite a bit more difficult to pull off, especially since you were supposed to do it in a rural setting. Like some people might have, you know, in their attic, uh, maybe a spinning wheel from their grandmother's house or something. But unless you could also stage that in a rural setting, it, it wouldn't qualify for the submissions. But in any case, we hope the teams had fun this year in the hunt, and we look forward to seeing how we'll be part of next year's hunt. Mm
0: -hmm. We don't get to talk about them often, but in addition to our thousands of trooping events each year, our members also regularly get together for armor parties. Both Garrison Corita and Empire City Garrison sent in reports of armor parties they had in July. To make sure that their members were ready for the next troop, Garrison Carita's members took turns hosting armored parties at different locations throughout the year. Karita is also well-known for their very effective Imperial Academy, which helps prospective members join the 501st. Recruits get teamed up with one of 18 advisors, coordinated by Garrison Membership Liaison Wally, CC-5800, that will help them along the path to join the 501st. This most recent party was hosted at the home of Luke DS9381 and Julie IC19381. There were plenty of people there working on their gear and perhaps some just there to cause trouble and socialize. Butch ID8544 got some work done for his ATAT driver and no less than five recruits had approval pictures taken on that day. People worked hard from about 11am until 5 or 6pm. Julie grilled dogs, sausages, and burgers for everyone for lunch, and there were plenty of beverages present for such a hot day. Once all was said and done, a handful of folks continued to hang out, ordered pizza, and consumed some adult beverages until it was almost the next day. It was a party after all. The two cadets that got the most done, I think, were Sherry, who put the finishing touches on her Tuscan, and Bill, who went from trimming his parts slowly with scissors to a crash course in using the belt sander. By the end of the day, he got just about everything for his TK trimmed to start his fitting. In all, there were two academy advisors, ten 501st members, and seven cadets at the armor party. Sounds like a lot of work, but a lot of fun was had by all. Then on July 23rd, ECG's commanding officer, Anthony, TK10666, hosted an armor party for his garrison and recruits. Over 20 ECG and future ECG members descended upon Anthony's backyard Saturday afternoon and into the evening for a day of armor and costume building and flat-out fun. Some of the costumes that were worked on included a Novos original stormtrooper kits, magma trooper, a snow trooper, and a Republic commando. Also, trooper's brought over current approved costumes for help on upgrades. Anthony was grilling hot dogs all day to provide nourishment for all the builders, and there were plenty of snacks and different beverages around all day as well. Besides getting work done on costumes, this also served as a great social gathering for ECG, which prides itself on its camaraderie among its membership, and Anthony is always at the forefront of bringing his troopers together. This was actually the second armor party Anthony threw this year, and the garrison is very appreciative of his above-and-beyond efforts Efforts to assist troopers and help to build garrison membership relations. Anthony is hoping to schedule another one before the cold weather rolls in over the East Coast. We'll have a few links to photos from this party in our show notes.
2: Speaking of costuming, we've had at least one new addition to our costume reference library since our last episode. And it comes from our clone trooper detachment once again. Those guys are on fire. Captain Locke is now ready for GML approval. Congrats to the CTD once again. We'll have it in, to our, in our show notes so you can check it out. As always, if you have any questions about how to join the 501st Legion, email us at recruit at com, and we'll get you started.
3: We actually did get an email the other day. Um, someone said that they listened to the podcast all the time and they emailed recruit at com asking for information about how to join. So I thought that was pretty cool. It actually worked. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Hi, this is Bonnie Burton, author of You Can Draw Star Wars and an editor over at starwars.com at Lucasfilm, and you're listening to the 501st cast. Mission reports.
3: June 25th and 26th was a super busy weekend for our New England Garrison, which represents the states of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. In fact, it might have been the biggest and most expansive weekend any of their members remember over the garrison's 15-year history. During a span of two days, they made appearances at five separate events across Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine, including two multi-day comic book conventions. On Saturday evening, their members joined the New Hampshire Fisher Cats in Manchester for the team's annual Star Wars night. Troopers were on hand to help greet guests and pose for pitchers as they entered Northeast Delta Dental Stadium. The troopers were also present for the ceremonial first pitch, which was thrown out by a lucky fan of the team's Fisher Cats Nation. The NEG's Snow Trooper TS 1884 reserve pilot rp18181 and star killer sl77727 we also joined by members of rebel legion's alderan base and mandalorian marks wampa clan on sunday morning june 26th NEG members participated in two wonderful charity fundraisers first up was the we rock the spectrum rock and run 5k and family fun day had to look like really gigantic if they put that all on a (laughs) t-shirt. Anyways, that was at Stanley Park in Westfield, Massachusetts. The 5K was held to raise money for the My Brother Rocks the Spectrum Foundation, which offers grants so children in the local community can attend camps and classes throughout the summer. This fundraiser was coordinated in conjunction with a local We Rock the Spectrum gym, which offers a safe, nurturing, and fun environment to foster learning, exploration, and safe sensory experiences. That morning, NEG members participated in the Boston NF Walk in support of the Children's Tumor Foundation on Carson Beach in Boston, Massachusetts. Along with Ray from Alderaan Base, Count Dooku, SL12781, and a snow trooper, TS1884, saw the walkers off at the starting line and then joined the kids for the last bit of their 5K. They even played some ball after posing for pictures with the runners and helped raise $150 at the event. Throughout the weekend and along with their friends in on base, troopers had a presence at both Port Con, Maine in Portland, Maine and Massive Con in Worcester. Oh, I always get this wrong. I always say Worcester because I'm from Rochester, but I think it's like Worcester.
0: Yeah, like Massachusetts, like Worcestershire, Worcestershire saw Worcestershire sistershire oh. saw. So
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in any case, that place in Massachusetts had massive con, and they manned a joint table for each event while patrolling the grounds throughout the convention floor space as well. Port Con had seen a lot of growth in recent years and has become a favorite among comic and sci-fi fans in the region. With stormtroopers and Jedi working together, they had a great time talking with guests and interacting with other Star Wars fans. MassiveCon is a new convention in the area that just held its second event full of guests, panels, and more. The troopers posed for pictures, walked the floor in groups from TKs to Jawa, and held three raffles full of great prizes. They also teamed up to host two panels, one called Meet the Legions, and another, highlighting our female members, called Ladies of the Legion. NEG even rolled out their latest prop, a replica cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Between the two conventions, they raised a total of $785 for the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute in the name of our fallen brother, Justin Manning. I don't know if they have pictures from this event, but I know there's pictures out there of their Millennium Falcon cockpit, so we'll try to get those added to the show notes because it is very cool.
0: Usually at the hospital visits we make, we're visiting with children, but on July 1st, Garrison Carita visited with three adults who were patients at the Masonic Village Healthcare Center. These adults were fans, just like any of us, who have a strong love and passion for everything Star Wars, but were each facing extreme disabilities due to illness or injury. The look on each of their faces when they met with our troopers was absolutely priceless, and something our members will never forget. Legionnaires presented each of these patients with a significant amount of swag from Carita's toy reserves, as well as some Legion patches and stickers. In addition to the visit with these specific patients, the Masonic Village advertised the 501st visit to the other patients and employees of the facility. So, needless to say, quite a large crowd gathered to see the 501st. Members overheard a number of employees stating that they were blown away by our members' costumes, and that they had just expected some of the other Masonic employees to be wearing store-bought costumes around the hallways. Not the real deal. As news of the 501st's presence spread around the facility, more and more people began showing up to get the chance to meet the characters and get their photos taken with their favorites unexpectedly, the daycare which serves the children of the employees of the Masonic Village decided to take a little field trip to come and see the troops. Fortunately, they had enough extra toys with them to provide each kiddo with an action figure. Congratulations to John TK-16033 for his first troop. You did a great job your first time out of the gate. Afterwards, members went to a local bar and grill, the Lucky Duck for the traditional after-troop eats. They were provided with a private room in the upstairs, which was nice to allow our members to be able to relax and not disturb the other patrons. Here is a thank you that Carita received from the social worker they coordinated with. It says, When I emailed you a week and a half ago on a whim, I never dreamed you would put together one of the most meaningful events our hospice, facility staff, and residents have ever experienced. When I contacted you, I had a hope of bringing joy to one young man. Your team provided a lifetime of joy and memories for him, all packed into a single afternoon. Your characters will tell you that when we saw his face and the way they interacted with him, we were brought to tears. Anyone who has worked with him in the past four days of his respite has fallen in love with this courageous young man. When one of the stormtroopers let him handle his weapon and play-acted with him, our hearts soared. It was all so special. Their visits and the time they spent with the other two patients were thrilling to both of these young men. The large action figures and gifts were so appreciated. Before I left work this evening, I stopped by one of the patient's rooms. He was with his family, resting in his room, and he was so gracious in thanking us for including him. He had been talking to his wife earlier about giving back and what he needs to do to get to that point. I told him he should set his sights on healing and then becoming a member of your group. He was so inspired, and the thought seemed to fill him with hope. My last stop was to the other patient's room. He was still on an emotional high from the experience. He just beamed and seemed so grateful for everything. Your husband said he hoped this would be the icing on the cake for his respite visit. There is no doubt in my mind that this has been one of the most positive life experiences he has had. Everyone treated him with such respect and made him feel so comfortable. From the time Mike, ID-7341, and Jason, ID-9141, arrived, until we said goodbye to the crew, they had our hearts. I cannot say enough good things. I will continue to tell the story of the commitment and passion the 501st Legion has to others. Your story of passion and service to others needs to be told. Our thanks to the group for going with the flow and meeting with the throngs, doing the one-on-one visits, spending time with the adults from the Adult Daily Living Department, and the surprise visit from the children's daycare. It was hot, our space was tight, and they were champs. Our hospice director will be sending a contribution to the Huntington's Disease Foundation in the group's name. Sadly, we must report that the main patient they went to see passed away on August 5th. But amazing job, Garrison Carita. It's clear from the thank you note that your visit meant the world to those fans. Thanks to Mike, ID7341, and Becca, TB17435, for that report.
2: Empire City Garrison attended the two-day Goshen Great American Weekend. The town was eager to have the 501st attend and put ECG's tent in a perfect location, on the corner of Main Street across from the carnival and right where the children's hay hayride started and stopped. Uh, by the way, all this happened on July 2nd and 3rd. The local business owner was kind enough to give our troopers the key to his building, a short walk away, so they could use the private bathroom for changing and store their toads in his entryway and hallway. Members all had a great time interacting with the attendees, local police, and town officials. There were about 30,000 people in attendance, and ECG was able to raise $1,356 for the Goshen food pantry over the two days Thanks to Photo Optimations. Thanks, go to Barbara for suiting up in her just-finished TK on Sunday morning. It wasn't approved yet, but it was a good test of the costume and great chance to take submission photos. And thanks to Cub Scout Pack 62, to who came out on Saturday to assist with fundraising and getting people to come and take photos with our troopers. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes. Thanks to Garrett, TK7186, for that report.
3: Eleven troopers and five squires from Garrison Corita visited the Providence Animal Center in Pennsylvania for the first time on July 10th for an adoption event. Although it was an outdoor event, the weather was really nice and the center offered air-conditioned rooms for changing and breaks. The event host was so thrilled with our members' visit that they're already planning another event with the 501st for next year. Our troopers had a great time posing for photos with the animals up for adoption as well as the potential adopting families. The Animal Center posted photos on social media, which caused people to call in and stop by and post questions about the event on their page. There were even some folks who were just driving by but saw the crowds and decided to stop and check it out. By the end of our troopers' visit, eight animals had already found new homes, and overall there were 17 adoptions for the day. We'll have a link to a Facebook photo album in our show notes. And uh, Post Troop Eats then commenced after the event over at Wimpy's Originals, and it was a great chance for the troops to chat and unwind after the troop. Thanks to Becca, TB17435, for that report, and congratulations to Preston, TK91488, for completing his first troop.
0: Since, for the first time in a long time, it is possible to license a Star Wars movie for public screenings, we've been seeing tons of requests to appear at screenings of The Force Awakens all over the place. Empire City Garrison and Carolina Garrison sent in some reports. On July 15th, Empire City Garrison attended the town of Chester, New York's movie night, where they showed The Force Awakens. They were actually given the actor dressing room in the nearby air-conditioned theater to use. Troopers Garrett, TK-7186, and Dave, TK-34288, patrolled the top of the hill, which was being used as outdoor theater-style seating, and posed for photos with as many attendees as they could before it got too dark. Congrats to Dave on his first official troop. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes. Thanks to Garrett, TK7186, for that report. And uh, then... On July 29th, Empire City Garrison, plus friends from the Rebel Legion and Jedi Leonard, attended an outdoor screening of The Force Awakens for the town of Oyster Bay at the John J. Burns Town Park. The Empire Saber Guild was also there in doing Jedi training and interacting with the kids. Our members had a great time taking photos with guests, interacting with the kids, handing out citations, and helping celebrate the screening of The Force Awakens. They had food, drinks, snacks, raffles, and games for the kids. ECG was also provided a table to distribute cards and information about the attending fan groups. The organizer was very appreciative, and we're glad to have us there. We'll have a link to photos from this one in our show notes as well. On August 5th, Carolina Garrison was invited to the town of Kannapolis Movies in the park. Even though all day there were dark clouds and threats of rain, the weather held out and there was a nice-sized crowd with lots of kids of all ages. There was even a couple of kids that purchased cookies from the concession stand for each of the troopers. How sweet! And shout-out to Andrew, TR-12800, on his first troop. Thanks to Lewis DZ-6570, who was disguised as an X-Wing pilot for this event, for that report. It's so
3: cool how the past few events there's been troopers at their first troop. Very exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we get to the part where we finally get to hear about Marcus's trip to Celebration Europe. So, Spill, we didn't get to go.
0: Me? Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
2: you. You went to Celebration Europe. What did well, you do? Well, I got there on Thursday and I left on Tuesday. So, next? Also, you- <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, what happened in between?
2: I don't remember. It was just a blur. I don't remember. It was just one big happy blur, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. But um, no, no, in all seriousness. So, yeah, I got there Thursday morning. Um, it took a while to get from West London to East London, but I finally got there and picked up my tickets and uh, the, the T-shirt and the uh, the program I ordered and uh, already met a lot of people there, just, just lingering outside, inside. Um, it, it's It's a one-story... Uh, convention center with a escalator going down to the main celebration stage. It was called for that event. Um, so it was very, very overseeable. Um, but yeah, you know, in generally, it was in generally it was good. I mean, we we all we all had the news. You know, Thrawn is coming back and rebels and and um, you know all the other stuff. Um, the the new trailer was shown and for uh, Rogue One and, and 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 this and that, but. Like the five or specific things that that we did was we had a meet and greet on Thursday evening in a local pub close to the convention center. Um, I I didn't count the people, but I, I was I'm thinking we were probably close to 200 250 people. So that was pretty amazing. And then it's uh, it was a three-day con, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, there were things like five or specific things planned for each day. We had the great uh, photo shoot on Saturday morning uh, where we first took a. We all assembled, or, or the, the convention center was gracious enough to provide us with a huge uh, changing room. I mean, it was a hall pretty much um, where all the groups were able to change Rebel Legion and 501st and the Mercs and the Collective Academy. And they were able to store their bins there if they wanted to um you know all three days but um so we all assembled um inside the hall by by costumes and then we all marched out to the uh to the stairs out in front of the convention center and then it actually it went fairly quickly, i have to say nothing compared to Anaheim. i mean we weren't that many to start with but uh it was it was pretty well organized I have to say. Uh, we were just about 400 uh, costume characters. Um, afterwards, the detachment pictures were were taken, and then I think overall we were done in about uh, two hours with everything. Nice. Yeah. The uh, Friday evening we also had a patch and coin trader event uh, in the same in the same pub, probably attended by as many people as as the meet and greet. And then Saturday was the the bash. Um, and that was at Madame Tussauds, and that was interesting because it was um, it was like a forty five minute subway ride to the uh, to the location, and it was yeah within the museum. I mean, literally surrounded by wax figures. Um, and we had a band playing the uh, Darth Elvis and his band, mm-hmm. and then we had uh, <laughs> DJ Elliot um, DJing uh, afterwards. And yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, during the uh, during the bash, we had there were some celebrities um, dropping by. Dave Filoni came by. Uh, several people from Lucasfilm, like uh, Matt Martin and uh, Pablo, wasn't there. But uh, I saw Leland Chi and yeah, we had some actors. Uh, What's his name? The Darth Maul actor. He was there. Um, Ray Park. Ray Park. Ray Park was there. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, so it was overall was it was pretty nice. It it wasn't as um, if you were in Anaheim, it wasn't as as grand I would say as London was, but it was definitely and just interesting location. Very cool. So, that the
0: the the UK has a Darth Elvis. We have a Jedi Elvis out here in Southern California. And yes, he's pretty popular. Yes. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, it sounds like you had a blast out there. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no it was good it was good and then i mean overall i have to say a four-day con or celebration is definitely uh better i think because those days just fly fly by so quickly and i think a fourth day really was needed but uh may- maybe one day in europe they- they'll extend it to four days but we'll see but generally yeah generally was good um a lot of people saturday was the biggest biggest crowd um, which I think is is generally the, the, the case. We had let's see, we didn't have any huge reveals. I mean the new Han Solo was introduced, um, Alden Ehrenreich, um during the panel and so that was pretty cool. I mean it was it was rumored that he had the role, but now it was finally confirmed
3: mm-hmm.
2: months later. Um but yeah, it was good. And then Sunday was uh it was over by I think uh, three or four PM and we all said our goodbyes and uh, yeah, uh, see, see you in Orlando.
0: That, that's always the hardest part of saying goodbye when it's all said and done.
2: Oh, yes. <laughs> but, but it was good. I, I wasn't in costume. I was just there in uh, my street garb. But it's, there were definitely a lot of European folks, obviously. A lot of people came from Canada and the U.S., from Asia a lot, uh, Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, Australia. So it's definitely a very the national crowd.
3: Very cool. Yeah, I think that probably the having the on-site changing space likely made a huge difference as far as people like willing to get into costume for the group photo um, mm-hmm. and being able to march out in order also mm-hmm. probably made a huge difference. Instead of like all gathering on site and then you have to put them in order. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah,
2: for for sure. For, I mean, there would have been. I don't know how many we had in Anaheim. I think close to a thousand. But the, the hall was. I mean, it could have held five thousand of a, of of our troopers. It was uh, immense. So, but, but but like you said, organizing it beforehand and then marching out in groups uh, definitely helped the whole process. And we had only a certain time limit, but we we uh, were really sensitive on time. I mean, we really made it well, I have to say. It w- it was done really quickly and you know, if you search Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you'll see uh, the pictures, but definitely worth worth seeing. Really really good.
3: Yeah, and I think that they were saying that the price for the lesion bash was pretty much the same as the admission for the the wax museum. So, it was like you know, having a free party. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, free admission to the wax museum—however you want to look at it—but <laughs> it sounded like it was a great deal.
2: Yeah, it was. I don't remember the price, but it was—you um, know—it it included food and uh, non- 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 non-alcoholic drinks, and the entire museum was reserved for us, so there were no, um, you know, strangers. So, so mm-hmm. to say, but <laughs> um, I've I've been to the museum, but it's been decades, and I it was quite the, quite the experience just getting in and, um, you know, there was a huge Star Wars exhibit where you could take pictures, um, before you even got to your main hall where we, or room where we celebrated. So it it felt like, I don't know, it felt like almost being like on a set in, in the beginning when we walked through all the different, uh, scenes, um, it was was it was nice. I have to say, well, well organized by by all the groups involved, and uh, definitely a nice thing to do.
3: Yeah, I remember seeing the photos when um, the museum first got permission to have the Star Wars, you know, different set pieces, and it was amazing the the workmanship that they were putting into building those. Mm-hmm. And you notice, like, other than you know when you mentioned about the Han Solo bit, like mm-hmm. most of the stuff was like not even really the convention programming. You know, I have some other members in my garrison and sometimes they're like, "Well, why do you bother to go to Celebration but you don't even go to any of the panels or anything?" I'm like, "Because I'm going to Celebration to meet other 501st members technically." So, mm-hmm. it's it's more so about that part of it than the actual convention that I'm paying for, which is kind of ironic, but that's just how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of us go to conventions. I mean, people go to conventions for different reasons, whether it's celebration or Comic Con or a local uh, a local con of some kind. Uh, you know, a lot of it is just to socialize, to meet to meet like-minded uh, people. And of course, there are panels for that, that specialize on certain things. And if uh, you have an interest and there's a panel that, that piques your interest, then great. Uh, and I think that's what that's for as well. But um, in all of the years that I've, I really don't go to conventions anymore, save for a celebration, perhaps. But, um, you know, the, the The whole reason, I think, at least for me, uh, and I've been doing conventions for uh, uh, close to a decade, I suppose, and uh, it's – you meet like-minded people. I probably would not have even joined the 501st Legion at all if it wasn't for conventions. So, uh, you know, and and it's a great way to – to learn about all of the other clubs like ours out there and, and meet like-minded people. And uh, I think there's even been a lot of marriages out there because of conventions. Uh, you know, I'm an ordained guy. I can marry folks. I've done a couple of marriages as palpy uh, before. And, and uh, uh, you know, so uh, conventions really uh, serve a lot of purposes, you know, for the for the geek at heart, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey, was there any wedding proposal of this one? It seemed like usually group photos have been traditional at celebration for marriage no. proposals. None?
2: I mean, I I wasn't you know at all the plays at the same time, but nothing like that during during our photo shoots.
3: Uh, oh, oh well.
2: well. <laughs> <laughs> but like George, uh, George, just like you said, and Nikki, it's it's the social aspect that that really um, you know motivates me to go um, to celebrations and and cons. I mean, you know, celebrations is like that's like the top of the top of the tier when it comes to. Uh, star wars events but even smaller cons it's it's just to see people that you you know you, you don't see that often i mean even 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 uh garrison events um you know we have tennessee and kentucky in mid-south and you know i mean I, I don't get out too much to to see you know to kentucky i live in, in nashville but so i mean i see old members or members i haven't seen before for the first time doing those things and and I look forward to that. So it's it's really, um, yes, you are a fan, obviously, but you also like to meet old people, new people. So that that definitely uh, is, is motivation for me to, to go there.
3: I'll be uh, looking forward to finding out what the next uh, international one will be. Maybe sometime I can finally travel to one. But so far, I've just been sticking to the domestic ones. Move <laughs> along. On July 16th, Garrison Corita had a fantastic visit with the patrons of the Bloomsburg Children's Museum. Troopers assembled at the museum that morning and found a very nice spread of coffee, cookies, donuts, and muffins awaited them in the spacious changing area, along with a cooler of iced down water and other assorted drinks. Always nice when they they provide our troopers with food and drinks. So this year, in addition to visiting with the 501st, museum patrons were able to dunk a stormtrooper in dunking Booth. Don't worry, it wasn't a Karita TK. It was just a volunteer wearing a stormtrooper helmet. They could also shoot down a pyramid of cups uh, in a water gun shooting gallery, attempt to win a prize at the Star Wars bingo table, and get your favorite Star Wars character made by a balloon artist. About midday, there was a costume t-shirt contest for the kids, and the 501st were the guest judges. It was hard for them to pick six kids from the lineup, with all those smiling faces looking back at them. But Trash Can R2-D2 won first place, with little Leia coming in as a runner-up. A little Boba Fett, a First Order stormtrooper, a girl dressed in all fur as Chewie, and a little boy in a modified bathrobe Yoda also placed and received gifts. Later on, there was a Wookiee Howling and a Talk Like Yoda contest, which took place, which uh, kind of gave away all the last of their toys that they brought. The day concluded with a visit to the local pub and grill for some after-troop eats. Karita likes their after-troop eats. We'll have a link to some photos of newspaper clippings from this event in our show notes. And thanks to Christopher, ID 50164,
0: for that report. On July 17th, Empire City Garrison, with support from Northeast Remnant Garrison, attended the Hudson Valley Renegade's Star Wars Day. The team treated our members very well, with a large 30-foot tent to change and store costume totes in, with a security guard even to watch their stuff, plus two air-conditioned luxury boxes with plenty of food and drinks for our members to take breaks in. And the air conditioning was sorely needed, as the heat index was high. But our troops braved the rough conditions and set up the Death Star backdrop by the front gate for photo ops, sent all the characters out to the pitcher's mound to support the children throwing out the first pitch, led a small parade of children during the game, and participated in the running of the minions, where Vader force-pushed a minion. It also helped to have two Vaders suited up, each leading a team of characters. One team would go to the pop-up tents set up for photo ops with attendees, then after about a half hour, they would switch out of sight with the next team waiting behind the scenes, and then head to the luxury boxes to cool down. Good strategy. We'll have a link to some photos in our show notes. Then, on July 19th, Empire City Garrison headed back to the Renegades' Duchess Stadium for what was supposed to have been a kid's Star Wars jersey giveaway night. But there were some technical issues with getting the jerseys, so the event was changed to a Pokemon night due to the popularity of Pokemon Go. There were a lot of kids searching for Pokemon. Uh, Plus, they had hidden Pokemon characters throughout the stadium for a scavenger hunt. People were excited to see a sand trooper and stormtrooper there as well as an unexpected surprise. The renegades were raffling off a jersey from last year with all the players' signatures on it for the uh, Pitch for Kids charity. Troopers also escorted the kids to the mound for the first pitch and helped patrol the unusually long line at the entrance that got backed up due to a bridge issue that caused many people to be running late. Troopers also got to meet Dante Briggins, who played a TFA stormtrooper in Episode 7, The Force O. We'll have photos from this troop as well in our show notes. Thanks to Garrett, TK7186, for both of those reports.
2: Sunday, July 17th, was very emotional for the members of our garrison Argentina as they visited with seven year old Star Wars fan Guadalupe. She's been battling cancer for over a year. She had her first operation in 2015 in which they removed a tumor from her kidney. After six months of mild chemo without hospitalization and no hair loss, She seemed to be cured by December 2015. But three months later, at the first checkup, a new tumor was discovered near where the first was. Again, they operated, and she's currently undergoing a more aggressive treatment with subsequent hair loss and decreased defenses, for which she receives daily injections and must be isolated for 10 to 15 days after each treatment. Because she's such a a big fan, her father, Gaston, contacted the 501st to see if the characters from Star Wars could visit. And visit we did. We'll have a link to a photo of Guadalupe dressed as Leia and smiling with joy at being with characters from a favorite movie. Thanks to Claudio SL74666 for that report.
3: Another San Diego Comic-Con international is in the bag. As this year's show came right on the heels of Star Wars Celebration Europe in London just a few days prior, Star Wars was the hot ticket at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And the Legion was, as always, right in the thick of the show. All four days at San Diego Comic-Con, the 501st Legion manned a booth on the mezzanine level with the other fan clubs. Our display included props, weaponry, helmets, armor pieces, trading cards, and other recruiting material. Imperial Sands Garrison kicked off the show starting with Fox News Morning Show on Thursday, and Friday they were recording from the Hard Rock Hotel. And with a special appearance with Weird Al Yankovic at San Diego University. They were definitely busy. They also hosted their annual 501st Legion, costuming with the Villains of Star Wars panel to a packed room on Thursday at the San Diego Marriott Marina Hotel. The party continued on Friday with passing out the Droid Hunt badges, doing meet and greets on the convention exhibit floor, and talking to attendees at the booth. Saturday, the annual Legion picture commenced at 10 a.m., followed by the Droid Hunt itself, and more meet and greets on the con floor at our various licensee and sponsor booths. Sunday, more than 250 prizes were given out to lucky droid hunt winners. The highlight of the show was getting to meet one of ISG's make a wish kids, Mackenzie, who had traveled all the way from Atlanta thanks to a spectacular send off from Georgia Garrison. Mackenzie's wish was to attend San Diego Comic Con in costume as a Jedi. The Legion was also able to raise $2,386 for charity in just one night at the convention. As many of our listeners know, the Legion has a bash at all the conventions we do, and San Diego Comic-Con is no exception. It's the biggest party of the year in San Diego. ISG hosts the party to share their love of Star Wars with fellow fans in the community across many clubs. This year, they wanted to do more than just party. They wanted to make it mean something. So they chose a local charity to help called Mama's Kitchen. They are a food pantry that delivers full meals to cancer and AIDS patients who can't do for themselves. They sold all the table centerpieces that had been donated by Hallmark, all the terrarium centerpieces that were made by members, and also the Maz Kanata Palace flags that ISG members had hand-painted as decorations. Plus, they pulled together six baskets and large ticket items and auctioned those off as well. This raised that staggering $2,386 that I mentioned in just four hours. But they didn't tell the charity that they were doing all this. It was Meant to be a total surprise. And after the party, they sent in the donation under the name of the Legion and the Garrison and got a wonderful voicemail and email in return, thanking us for the support and asking to know more about us. They wanted to know how much of an impact that the donation made for them and to see how it helped so many others. So, they asked us to share their heartfelt thanks for the donations with the Legion and all of the 501st Cast listeners, and also to share a video to see the people that Mama's Kitchen is helping, and we're helping with the donation. So, we'll have a link to that video in our show notes, Um, but here's the thank you message that got sent in. I wanted to say thank you to you and the Imperial Sands Garrison for your very generous donation. We were so thrilled. Were these proceeds from an event? I wasn't familiar with your group, and I thought it could be really fun to have you come in for a photo opportunity and for us to say thank you. And if not, we'd love your permission to share your donation and group on our social media. Thank you so much again. This will help so much. Signed, Amy Halfpenny, Director of Development. Of course, since they knew nothing about the 501st, since it was a surprise, ISG shared what the Legion is all about, who we are, what we do, and why, and got another thank you in reply with an invitation to come down and visit them and see how their program works. So all in all, San Diego Comic-Con was another successful show for the 501st.
0: On July 23rd, Garrison Carita spent the afternoon at Mount Lebanon Public Library. After the kids finished their crafts, the dreaded pool noodle lightsabers, the troopers came out for their visit. Despite their trepidation at seeing the pool noodle lightsabers, they were relieved to find that not one child decided to strike, a swing or poke at our members. Whatever warning the librarian must have issued was apparently highly effective. Said librarian was also very helpful during Carita's presentation. She handed out prizes as they asked trivia questions. The attendees were all enthusiastic and well behaved. Members noticed that some of the kids have been to this event every time it's been held, so they were getting familiar with the troopers, their routine, and the trivia questions. Corita might have to think up some new tricks for the next time. Amusingly, one kid thought it would be fun to answer Darth Maul to every single question. So naturally, he wasn't called on when that turned out to actually be the answer to the question. Once the presentation and trivia was over, they dispersed for photo ops and library fun, including story time with Han Solo. Thanks to Greg, ID 2936, for that report.
2: Wednesday, July 27th, must have been unofficial Visit Your Local Summer Camp Day, as Empire City Garrison divided and conquered to send troopers out to two different summer camps, Superhero Camp in Goshen, New York, and Camp Galaxy at East Chester Middle High School. David TK34288 and Anthony IG10666 attended the Superhero Camp in Goshen. The Superhero Camp was an all-day event, but ECG only attended for a brief photo-op in the afternoon in between some of their other planning activities. Our Stormtrooper and Imperial Gunner took photos with all of the kids and gave out trading cards and stickers. The Legion's appearance uh, was much appreciated by the CAM counselors, and they have already said they will be requesting to have the ECG back again next year. Thanks to Anthony IG 10666 for that report. Also on July 27th, the ECG attended the CAM Galaxy Meet and Greet at Eastchester Middle and High School. This is a summer camp program for the local and surrounding areas' elementary school children and was space-themed this year. The event host set aside an area for ECG's Death Star backdrop and a table and provided them with a large classroom to change in. After the event kicked off, a line of children started to form that looked like it stretched the length of the Great Wall of China. (laughs) The kids were excited to see the troopers, and with the help of the camp counselors and their photographer, they were all able to get their photos, high fives and hugs, and even a couple of kisses. They posed for over 500 photos in the two-hour span. And at the end of the troop, they were thanked numerous times. Plans are already underway for the first to come back for other events at the school. Thanks to John TI42070 for their report.
3: And Garrison Carita was invited back for the second year in a row to replay FX. Gamers from ReplayFX took over the David L. Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh, PA for four days and filled it with more than 750 arcade and pinball machines, over 2,000 retro console games, tabletop games, and a showcase of new products by game developers. Thursday morning began with Jim, TS11029, Bryce, a Galactic Academy Jawa, Matt, TB99920, and Gina, DZ-11277, arriving to set up. The show started out a little slow, but they started getting more people at their table on Friday, and especially on Saturday. Even several possible recruits. On Sunday, they even had a mother and son come over and tell them that the only reason they came to the event was because they saw the 501st was going to be there. feel kind of bad for the event organizers, but (laughs) You know, what can I say? The event host, Mark, was very gracious and made sure our members had what they needed. He had water bottles and then big coolers full of ice in the changing room. He also gave them a key to the changing room so that it could be locked and unlocked when needed without having to hunt somebody down to unlock it for them. They even helped get a garment rack so Vader could hang up his cape. Saturday night, Mark also bought pizza for everyone so they could eat dinner there and not have to leave until the political rally on the other half of the convention hall was done. Guess it was a little hectic there with that going on. Overall, this was a great event and everyone had a lot of fun. Vader, TJ SL 11246, suited up four times in three days and is getting some great weathering on his costume. <laughs> of course, he was the hit of the event and did a great job. Kevin from Old Line Garrison joined his Karita neighbors and everyone had a blast trooping together. In total, there were 16 members of the 501st, five members of Rebel Legion's Ghost Pace, one Galactic Academy member, and four Squires. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes, and thanks to Gina, DZ-11277, for that
0: report. On July 29th, Five members of our Columbia outpost attended a bingo party at the Carboneras Restaurant Bar. It was in support of Profound's geriatric foundation, Soacha Vive, to help with maintenance costs for a home for the elderly who have very low or no income. There were about 300 bingo players who attended, and they all wanted the chance to take pictures and meet the Star Wars characters from the 501st Legion. We'll have a link to photos in our show notes. Thanks to Rafael. TR 99066 for that report.
2: On July 30th, Empire City Garrison attended the fourth annual Muddy Puddles Mess Fest. The Muddy Puddles Project was inspired by Ty Campbell, a magnetic five year old boy who dreamed of jumping in muddy puddles when he was cured of cancer. It's a celebration of children and childhood, a shift toward letting go of the everyday stress of being a grown up and finding the fun in all things silly and ridiculous. The Muddy Puddles Project benefits the Ty Lewis Campbell TLC Foundation in support of pediatric cancer research. The Muddy Puddles Mess Fest is a tremendous outdoor event, a day for kids to get messy. There was, of course, mud for jumping. There were food fights and pie tosses. Kids were encouraged to throw glitter, go on treasure hunts, and toss water balloons. Then at the end, the kids were rinsed off with a hose straight from a fire truck. The Messfest is similar to a carnival, but instead of roller coasters and rides, there was splash paint, water, wa- water wars, climbing walls, and dozens of other kid-friendly activities. A day dedicated to pure family fun. Each activity station at Messfest was dedicated to a child that was diagnosed with cancer. The 501st Legion photo booth was dedicated to a young second-grade boy named Bennett, who was betting leukemia. Bennett was unable in person to attend due to medical issues. But Legionnaires sent his family home with first patches, stickers, and trading cards to give to Bennett. We'll have a link to the Facebook photo album in our show notes. Thanks to Garrett TK 7186 for that report. I so want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's,
3: that's like the most unique event I had ever heard of. Yeah. <laughs> and- I think it's, like, so inspired.
0: I'll bet the moms are grateful that the fire truck was there to hose all the kids. kids,
3: Yeah, I must admit, I was okay, actually, with the mud and the food fights and the pie tosses. But when they talked about encouraging kids to throw glitter, I was like, oh, that one's tough. You can't just, like, wash that off. It just stays with you forever. You Uh hope that they
0: didn't go home and start throwing glitter around at home, you know.
3: No, but that was that's amazing that they that he had this love of jumping in muddy puddles and they were able to develop this whole event in his honor. It just sounds so mm-hmm. cool. Well, Kevin IC seven one six eight nine and Steve, TK four two zero eight nine from Northeast Remnant Garrison visited Milltown Library's Star Wars costume party the evening of Monday, august first. About twenty kids came, most of them in costume. Although it was a small turnout from both sides, both kids and troopers, compared to maybe some other events, it will still be an event that the library's patrons will be talking about for months to come. Thanks to Kevin IC71689 for that report.
0: Kaiser Permanente in Downey, California hosted their first Pediatric Cancer Survivors Day on August 5th, and six troopers from Southern California Garrison were there to make sure everyone had a fun time. They joined survivors and their families as they celebrated their strength, plus troopers made the rounds through the pediatric ward to visit little ones who couldn't make it to the carnival. So Cal Garrison was honored to have been invited to this special event, and this is one hospital troop where you can feel good about seeing a lot of kids in attendance, as that just means there's more and more survivors there to celebrate. Thanks to Rafael SL8616 for that report.
1: On Friday, August
2: 5th, six troopers and the Squire from Northeast Remnant Garrison attended Hemington, New Jersey's National Night Out event. They were fittingly introduced with the Imperial March when they entered the event. Any members had a fun time, and the attendees seemed to really enjoy visiting with our members. There were other volunteer groups in attendance as well with their booth displays. There were even skydivers, and a New Jersey state police helicopter landed on the field. The troops started out really hot and sticky as the sun was glaring, and there was no breeze. Fortunately, once the sun started setting, it got a little more comfortable for the troops. They posed for lots of photos, including one of Joe TK11871 touching a horseshoe crab. In armor. Unfortunately, at the end of the troop, when the members went back around the building where they had left their toads, they noticed that toads were knocked over and lids were everywhere. Remember the police helicopter? Yep, that one landed about 20 to 30 yards from where the bins were and made a mess of them. Fortunately, nothing seemed to have been missing from any of the bins. We'll try to get some links to photos in our show notes. Thanks to Kevin, IC71689, for that report.
3: Yeah, I would have freaked out when I had would- Seeing the bins, just a wreck all over the place.
0: <laughs> oh. I guess they're not as heavy as they look.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, the armor was out of, it, out of them at the time. Yeah. You know, so, oh, well. <laughs> I guess that's the disadvantage to having an outdoor changing area <laughs> where helicopters are landing. <laughs> uh, well... Empire City Garrison attended the New York Yankees' Star Wars Night at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, New York, on Friday, August 5th. This was the first time the Yankees ever held a Star Wars Night, and the Empire City Garrison was happy to support it by sending out 15 members, plus friends from Empire Saber Guild, Mandalorian Mercs, and the Rebel Legion. ECG arrived at the stadium at approximately 3 p.m. and were escorted to their dressing room after going through security. By 5 p.m., troopers hit the floor and headed to different photo op stations. The fans were blown away as they lined up to get their photos taken with the amazing-looking Star Wars characters throughout the stadium. After about an hour and a half of nonstop photos, troopers took a break before they needed to line up for the big Star Wars parade on the field. The crowd went nuts the entire time the parade was going on. This was truly an amazing moment as a Star Wars theme was played as the characters took over Yankee Stadium's field. We'll have a link to a video from that in our show notes. The Yankees actually broadcast it live on their Facebook page, which was pretty cool. While most of the characters dispersed off the field, Darth Vader and his squad of stormtroopers were kept on the field for a few activities, which included the announcing of the game's umpires. This was an amazing event, which brought a lot of smiles and a huge treat to the attendees of the game. And it was ECG's honor to finally support their hometown heroes, the internationally famous New York Yankees and their fans. Thanks to Anthony In 10666 for that report. In addition to that parade video that I mentioned, we'll have lots more links in the show notes to photo galleries and news reports that were all over the place to celebrate the inaugural event.
0: The Dutch Charity Foundation Stichting Upkicker is one of Dutch garrison's favorite charities to support. They attend a lot of troops for them. Now, an upkicker is the Dutch version of a pick-me-up, an occasion or act that is supposed to cheer someone up and give them a good time. And this is exactly what this foundation does. It provided a good time and lots of cheer for families with children who have a severe long-term illness. During their upkicker days, the entire family, so not just the ch- the child with an illness, but also the brother. Brothers, sisters, and parents are pampered and taken well care of while an army of volunteers provides their every need and entertains the children. Once a year, they organize the Family Fantasy Day, where there are princesses, superheroes, ghostbusters, elves, and of course, Star Wars characters to entertain the families. For this special day, the Dutch garrison created the Ewok Blaster Range a few years ago, and it is such a success that it has become one of the returning setups for the uh, Family Fantasy Day. This year, the event took place on Saturday, August 6th, on the grounds next to an old mansion in the village of Zeist. It was an early start for the 15 troopers attending the event. Some that had to travel the furthest got up about 5.30 a.m., but it was a sacrifice they gladly made for the troop. The Ewok range was set up in a large inflatable tent, and the table for the Nerf guns, generously donated by Hasbro, was set up just outside the tent. After the invited families were welcomed in a special welcoming ceremony with lots of cheers and applause, they set out to participate in the special activities set up all around the location. Beside the immensely popular Ewok range, who doesn't want to blast those nasty furry creatures, the Dutch garrison also provided troopers for the special Star Wars photo shoot, assisted at the cardboard lightsaber crafting booth, and provided trooper support at the laser game setup. The day was ended with a large barbecue, not just for the families, but for all the volunteers as well. These upkicker family fantasy days are most rewarding and popular troops by far. We'll have a link to a photo of the Ewok firing range in our show notes. Thanks to Niels, TK30309 for that report.
2: On Saturday, August 6, 2016, members of Southern California Garrison were joined by Star Wars costume comrades from the Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, Silver Guild, and the Dark Empire. 60 Star Wars customers and R2D2 collectively invaded Hillside's children's group home in Pasadena, California for the sixth year in a row. This annual summer event, along with a smaller version thereof during the holiday season at the end of the year, only lasts for about an hour, but it's highly looked forward to by not only the kids and residents at Hillside's, but also by Hillside's staff as well. Legion members and customers from other clubs mingled with the kids for photo ops Star Wars autographed book signings, and a choreographed lightsaber show put on by Sabergold's Temple Prime. Before the festivities began, however, the kids watched Seeds of Rebellion, the first episode of Rebels animated show, many of them for the very first time. Then the customers and Esther McDroid arrived, much to everyone's delight. A commemorative patch of the event started a few years ago was given to each child, hillsides, staff members, and customer wranglers that attended. Happy memories were made and many smiles were seen on young faces that continually rely on volunteer efforts like those of the Fiber First Legion and the other clubs represented for fun occasions just like this one.
0: You read my mission report beautifully, Marcus. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, th- that that <laughs> event is, uh, it means a lot to me. I've been putting it on ever since uh, 2011. And uh, since then, it's been uh, in the uh, Bantha track section of uh, Star Wars Insider Magazine in the January 2015 issue, I want to say, got to mention. And uh, there's also uh, a blog I wrote on StarWars.com about it. Uh, if you just go to StarWars.com and do a search for hillsides, all one word there, uh, then uh, you'll find it. And, uh, well, I, you know, I interviewed uh, their PR person, I guess, or their head of media relations at Hillsides, and there's about six and a half minutes of audio, and uh, I, I think it really demonstrates a lot about what the 501st Legion, and, as well as the other clubs that were represented there, what what they can do together, and how much Hillsides, and charities like Hillsides, Hillsides itself is a 501c3 charity, and, you know, so it's a charitable organization. How cool is that that we're a charitable organization helping out a charitable organization? And uh, it, what what you're about to hear really demonstrates what we as as uh, the Star Wars costuming family can do for for others by coming together. And and uh, things like hillsides really depend upon uh, our volunteerism, our volunteers. And so uh, here is that audio, and uh, it, it's actually a lot of fun. And it was recorded right while uh, there. You can hear a lot of ambience in the background, and that's the troopers gathering for a a group photo. They had just finished gearing up and. Usually we do the group photo after we've mingled with the kids, but this year we did our group photo first. And so uh, what you're hearing in the background is uh, everyone had 60 customers had all just finished gearing up in their kits and they're uh, gathering to to, uh, do their group photo. And we did this interview on the spot right in front of everybody. So that made it even more cool. So uh, here's that. Well, hey, everyone, SL12743 here from the 501st cast. We're at Hillsides for the very first time. Now, Hillsides is a child care facility. I think that the actual... Uh politically correct term is a child children's group home perhaps but for all intents and purposes it is an orphanage in the very traditional sense but it also does so much more and i want to ask one of their staff persons about the services that hillsides offers but also at the same time uh, how much it depends on volunteer work like organizations like the 501st the mandalorian mercs and uh, all of the other clubs that are represented here today do how much of that volunteerism uh hillsides depends on and i think that and the reason why i'm doing this overall is because this is a real shining example of what clubs like the 501st legion and the other clubs that are here the mandalorian Mercs, saber guild rebel legion et etc cetera, etc cetera, dark empire can accomplish either on their own or especially when they work together at events like today so with me right now just for a few minutes is uh
1: allison i believe your name is mm-hmm. Alice- allison bell okay and you're the PR person for hillsides is that right well I'm the associate director of communications and marketing yes and part of my job is doing um, public relations and coming out and covering events and taking photos and inter- interviewing wonderful people like you when you come on down to hillsides to cheer up our kids and make their life uh, really bright and wonderful and we appreciate you so much
0: interviewing people like us well you know <laughs> that's great uh, you know and I'm, I guess I'm turning the tables this time around well uh, you know it's, it's really good to talk to you I know we've been doing this event since 2011 uh, we've spoken on another podcast that I do uh, with Laura Kelso, the events coordinator in the past. I'm really glad to have you here right now. First, I want to ask you a question, maybe a couple questions about Hillsides itself, and then a couple questions about uh, the, volunteer, the volunteerism and how you come to depend on what clubs like us do. And then that's really it, because uh, I really want to focus on the volunteer aspect of what Hillsides depends on. So um, Hillsides itself basically has been around since 1913,
1: is that right? Correct, yes. Hillsides was founded in 1913. It's actually uh, where um, you are today is our Pasadena campus. This is the exact place where we were founded uh, over 100 years ago. Hillsides today, it's changed over the years. It did start out as an orphanage. Today it is a residential treatment um, services program here on the main campus. It serves about 125 children annually. And this is a safe place for children who cannot live at home. They're either in the foster care system or for other reasons are unable to live at home. So, And that is what we do on the main campus. Also here we have a school. A lot of the children attend um, a Hillside's Education Center. This is a specialized school that offers individual education for children who are really not thriving in a traditional public school setting. And here they get the individual uh, service they need. So that, those are the two functions happening on main campus. Actually, Hillside's also has other programs. We have a wonderful program for children transitioning from foster care into adulthood called Youth Moving On. And we also have um, Family resource centers throughout uh, Los Angeles County and other counties that um, families and parents can come and get mental health and parenting classes and a lot of good things like that. And in addition, we have just affiliated with another wonderful nonprofit called Bienvenidos, and they offer foster care and adoption services. So we are very excited to have affiliated with them, and now we have even a more uh, well-rounded services we can offer our children.
0: Yeah, Hillside's itself uh, has been and it, and it is a five hundred one c three organization. Uh, the five hundred first Legion, by the way, is a five hundred one c seven organization. So we're we're actual you know charity cl- charity club helping out a, ch- a charity organization. I, I love that. Now, uh, but you know you're largely funded by the state of California. I think about ninety percent, but that's really for the basics. Is that right? I mean, you depend a lot on uh, volunteer work from the community. Is that right? Yeah,
1: it's it's very true. I mean, we are publicly funded. And, you know, that just really barely covers the basics. So for the children who live here to have any sort of extras, maybe, um, you know, uh, get the opportunity to see a movie or get the opportunity to go on field trips, to have birthday presents, to have Christmas presents, to have extra clothing. Um, We are really dependent on our wonderful, wonderful volunteer and donor base. So a lot of these children, unfortunately, have not had the normal childhood experiences that a lot of children have. So we are dependent on our community to come in and help give these children a taste of the normal life, um, give them opportunities, enrichment activities they normally would never have, and also just to know that people in the community care about them, and that is so important to them.
0: And I think that's really what hits home with an event like today. Like you just said, it lets the kids know that there are people out there in the community that really do care. Now, um, you said that Hillside Services 125 children. How many of those are actually in residence here? I think it's uh, several dozen. Is that right?
1: You know what? We serve um, at any one time. There are about 60 children who are living here. We we have um, cottages on campus and we have two off Campus housing for older, more independent children. And so when we say 125, that's annually because actually what's happening right now in the child welfare system is it's going into shorter lengths of stay at facilities like Hillsides. There's been new legislation. The emphasis is now to get children reunified with their families and their communities. So, where let's say 20 years ago, a child could actually spend their entire childhood here at Hillsides, now they're spending shorter times as the goal is to move them back into their own families. Or if that doesn't work, now we we are able to provide a foster home um, resource for them. so um, yeah, so at any given time, at one time about 60 children.
0: That's amazing. Uh, you know, 60 kids at any given time. You know, and we've done this event since 2011, and I have seen, sometimes I've seen, you know, the, the familiar faces as the years go by, but there's always a constant rotation, like you mentioned. So it's always good to be able to uh, volunteer and to give this kind of an experience to the kids that live here, especially new kids every single year.
1: Well, I think it's, what's great about this event is, for some of these children, this is a high point of their life, right? They have seen you several times. I know they've recognized you. They recognize some characters. But for other children, it's the first time, event, and they've never seen, seen such a thing to see 60 adults coming all dressed in these amazing costumes from some of their most favorite, you know, characters, that it's it's amazing experience, whether it's a third or fourth time they've seen it or a very first time. Well, we
0: love coming out here as much as the kids love seeing us. Allison, it's been an absolute thrill, uh, and of course, this will be on the 501st cast very soon, and I'll send you a link when it's ready.
1: Great. It was my pleasure.
0: Breaking news.
3: Okay, I think we're going to have to interrupt our podcast recording here because you guys know what just happened while we're recording is the new Rogue One, a Star Wars story trailer that's supposed to be airing during the Olympics has just gone live while we're recording here. We're we're still on August 11th. (laughs) So we're all just going to take a break from reading our... uh, our script, and we're going to go watch the trailer. So
0: There's nothing like getting interrupted by Star Wars stuff. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll stop whatever I'm doing for that. Okay, so I'm going to play the trailer. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Marcus, you haven't seen it yet, I don't think, have you? Or Nikki, have okay. you guys seen it at all? I, I have not. So we're all watching. Yeah, I want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, two of us haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to be watching, and I'll, I'll try not to talk over it, but you might hear some oohs and ahs coming out of my end here. So, uh, Okay, here we go. The world is coming undone.
2: Imperial flags rain
0: across the galaxy. Nice Star Destroyer. I like mm-hmm.
2: Can you be trusted without your shackles?
0: Let's just get this over with, shall we?
2: We've a mission for you. A major weapons test is imminent. We
0: need to know how to destroy it. If you're really doing this, I want to help Good Good I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time We destroyed our home I fight the empire now
1: I fear nothing All is as the force wills it The captain says you are a friend I will not kill you
0: (laughs) There isn't much time Every day they grow stronger
1: There is a 97.6% chance of failure He means well This is our chance to make a real difference.
3: Are you with me?
0: All the way. Nice. Very very cool. Oh my goodness. I hate you know, and I hate to say, uh, you know, being here in the in the five oh first legion. I I'm tickled pink just to see uh, X wings, uh, and <laughs> you know just I was, yeah. It's, yeah it's I was gonna awesome. say
3: while I was watching it, it was very rebel centric. Whereas the other trailer that we got to see really seemed to showcase more of the troopers. So it's kind of a neat balance. Now we've kind of seen both both sides.
0: Yeah, and uh, the first time uh, uh, you didn't see an Empire Strikes Back, someone taking out or damaging um, a uh, uh, well, back then we called them Snowwalkers, but ATATs uh, with, with a bazooka. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that'd be interesting. I can't wait to see that. That looks really, really cool. I'm pumped. I can't wait for Christmas time now.
3: Yeah, definitely exciting.
0: Christmas. Nice. Member shout out. This episode, we'd like to give a shout-out to April 2016 Trooper of the Month, Matt Melton, TK-61700, from Georgia Garrison. Last April, Matt organized a troop with a group called Connectability. This was for the Sidekicks Prom, which allowed kids and adults with disabilities to attend a dance and social event. This event featured Legion members coming out in kit to dance and take pictures with them. Matt also helped to get the 501st involved in his high school, Comic-Con, that helped raise money for the school. He has organized garrison lunch meetups for different areas in Georgia and has helped cadets with their kits. He is always trying to help find different ways to bring joy to kids and support our charitable organizations, and he is considered a great asset to the garrison and to the Legion. Congratulations, Matt! Also kudos to other nominees for April. Candace Gelfman-Platania, DZ-2891, from Empire City Garrison. Ernest L. Ruffin, BH-556, of the Carolina Garrison. Brent Ashcroft, TD-1044, Great Lakes Garrison. Jack Sauter, TK-69004, Star Garrison. Rui M. Leal, TK-13208, Portuguese Outpost. Walter Ronald, TA-61972, from Golden Gate Garrison. Stephen Campbell, CT-6038, from Badlands Garrison. And Patrick Allen McMahon, TB 11288 from Mid South Garrison. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up to the minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501st Legion or go to facebook.com slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at Five O First Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501 Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. There's lots of ways, of course, you can listen to the Five O First cast. You, you know, go to our website there, 501st.com slash podcast. If you're mobile, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. And of course, if you have an Android device, a tablet or an Android phone, we're on the Star Wars Podcasts. Android app, and we're the very first podcast in that app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization, comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark, Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st cast. Yeah. Figured I'd throw a laugh in there. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> on July 23rd, Garrison Corita spent the afternoon at Mr. Lebanon. Is it Mr. Lebanon? Oh, my- okay. no, I
3: think it's supposed to be Mount.
0: Mount Lebanon. Okay, all right. <laughs> There's one for the end of the show. <laughs> Uh can you say that uh, last line one more time Nikki my cat was talking over you
3: How <laughs> <laughs> <All> this <laughs>